here at Northside, uh, we have been talking at length about John chapter 8, verse 12. John 8, 12 says very clearly that Jesus said, uh, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, as we've talked about that verse and as we're really kind of focusing in uh, with this series on this theme, I want to remind you that we've challenged Northsiders to donate $20, to donate 17 hours uh, toward one of these ministries that we have been uh, engaged with this uh, this year. We have had four ministries that we are intentionally, purposefully walking with. And last week, we challenged you to, uh, with this change drive, to raise money for a refrigerator that the soup kitchen that we're working with is trying to get. And you responded overwhelmingly. It was truly um, just a wonderful, beautiful act that you did. And it, as I thought about this $1,395 that you raised, um, that came from, from mostly pocket change. You know, there were a few large donations, and appreciate those. But largely, it, it was just little tiny amounts that God used and multiplied to do something really cool. And so the refrigerator's been ordered, and they even had a little surplus to do a few extra things. So thank you, really, from my heart. I know we we did this, and, and we'll keep challenging the congregation, but, but thank you from my heart for continuing to rise to the occasion, uh, not just monetarily, but there are so many people donating hours and hours of their week uh, to make these good works go. And as I think about that, I want to talk this morning about the ministry that's right here in our own backyard, Celebrate Recovery. And the challenge with Celebrate Recovery, that it does a wonderful work, but it's right here in our own backyard. And sometimes it's easy to neglect the things right in your own backyard. Um, for many years, as you know, I was a youth minister here and, and ran Wichita Work Camp, and as a part of that, I would try to get local youth ministers here in town to bring their youth groups to Wichita Work Camp. And it was a harder sell. It was a harder thing to do uh, because it was the equal amount of work for something that happened right in their own city. It wasn't as fun and as exciting to, you know, where they could say they went to some place and they did something cool. Uh, Wichita Work Camp was right here. Well, in the same way, Celebrate Recovery, and by the way, it's unbelievable what happens there every week. That God continues to work and to transform people who have hurts and habits and hang-ups and bring them to the light of Christ. Uh, to do that requires donating food, which many of you do and have done and will continue to do. It certainly requires people. Um, it requires the commitment to come on Thursday evenings from 7 to 9.30. There's, there's lots of ways in which people can be involved with Celebrate Recovery, but it starts with us saying, I'm going to make a commitment to do good right here. And so uh, Jeff and Jenny Martin are the coordinators for this ministry. I'll go ahead and have you guys stand so that they know who you know who they are. Uh, if you have questions, if you'd like to be involved, or you're unsure, you have just some uh, questions as to some of the things that they're doing, they can fill you in on more of the specifics, and we'll be glad to do so. And we're going to hear from Jeff in just a moment. But if you have uh, some 
questions or if you would like to be more involved with Celebrate Recovery, I really would like you to talk to Jeff and Jenny Martin and not to wait, but to do that today. The biggest, um, there's a couple of needs when it comes to Celebrate Recovery. Um, the, the first is these CR Bibles that they give to people who go through the step study and they give to people who come to CR. Uh, as they go through that process, being able to provide those things is a wonderful uh, ministry that we do. And as part of that, we decided a cool thing, a challenge would be for um, as you leave today on the north and the south door, you'll see these boards with these envelopes on them. And we're going to ask that you, there's 50 envelopes in total. And what we'd like you to do is prayerfully consider taking one. And, or I mean, I guess you could take more if you wanted to, but we'd like empty boards as, as the last person leaves and locks up, we'd like those boards to be empty today. And for you to take that home and pray over, it's an, a, a gift, an offering of $17. And you can put that in that envelope. If you make a check, just make it to Northside and write CR in the memo. And return that envelope to uh, either the Martins or myself, and we'll make sure it gets to the right place. And we'd like you to to do that so that we can have this supply of Bibles that we can provide for people who come into that God brings to us over the next year. And we think that would be a wonderful thing. In addition to Bibles and food and and the supplementary things that happen for people coming, Uh, The biggest need uh, that we have at Celebrate Recovery is people. Uh, It takes a lot of people. It it takes people in support roles, people to stand at the door and greet, uh, people to prepare food, people to close up the building. But it takes another level of people, of people who are willing to walk with hurting people. And uh, so Jeff... With these ministries, what we intend to do is show you some pictures of the ministry and the people working in the ministry and all of that. The challenge with Celebrate Recovery is this. They have a high commitment to privacy. And so that people who come know that their face is not going to be plastered all over everything. And we absolutely want to respect that. But we also want to tell the story about the impact that it makes and how people can get involved. And so Jeff Martin's going to come up this morning, and he's going to tell you specifically how you can get involved and what it means to walk with hurting people. So, Jeff? Morning. Uh, thank you to everybody who's already supported CR, whether with time or monetarily. Uh, we really appreciate it, and it's really needed. Um, I have so many conversations with Christians, whether it's in my small group or or acquaintances that I have, um, and we have these conversations about getting deeper spiritually, about understanding the spirit more, uh, about taking that next step and getting to that next level in their, their Christian walk. Uh, and, and I felt that way uh, before I started my first step study, uh, and I've, I've done four now, and uh, it was definitely an answer to those questions. Um, Healing Grace Step Study and also coming on Thursday nights uh, is a perfect application for for going to that next level if that's what you're looking for. Uh, It's a deep experience in understanding the light that's within you. So understanding what that light of grace is. And then uh, past that, sharing that light 
with other people, which is huge. And what I'm talking about here is walking with struggling people who do not have the light and who possibly are at rock bottom and need somebody to help them and and do that often dirty job of walking with them uh, towards that light uh, and and seeing the the healing power of God's grace. Um, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Um, I am rich with grace. Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm spilling over with it. And there are many people here in this congregation that are rich and spilling over with grace. Uh, and we taste that grace every day. And sometimes it's very easy to be unconcerned with it. We're assured of our salvation. We know we have grace. We know we have sanctification. Uh, but we're unconcerned with it. Uh, and sometimes it's hard for us, uh, me included, to share that salvation, to share that gospel, and to share that grace with other people. Acts 20 verse 24 says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And if you're already testifying to the good news of God's grace to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family member, people you work with that need it, then that's fantastic. And I encourage you to continue that good work. But if you're not and you're struggling with testifying to the news of God's grace, which so many of us are, then there's a place that you can do that. And it's here. It's literally right across the hall. And there are people who are coming in who are hurting and, and they, they need people like you to walk with them. Um, there's a new step study starting on August 14th. And, of course, you're always welcome on Thursday nights. Everybody is uh, in the whole world. Uh, but if you wanted to take it a step further and uh, start the Healing Grace step study, that starts on August 14th. And, and if we could get even half of, of the number of people who are going to take those envelopes uh, or even a third uh, to join up in this new step study, that would be fantastic. So thank you guys. Thank you, Jeff. The, the, the crucial thing with Celebrate Recovery is needing people. It's needing uh, people who can, can walk with people, who can pray with people. You say, I'm not an expert. I don't have any training. Well, Jeff just told you about an opportunity. And you'll be able to learn how to do that. How to, how to, but if you're just even willing to come and just say, we'll give our time and our heart toward people who need it. I may not know the right words to give you, but I will be a listening ear. I will be a shoulder to cry on. I will be a person to pray with you and love you. And so the, the challenge is this, to sign up, uh, to take an envelope, to provide a Bible, and to sign up. Uh, in your inbox here in a few minutes, uh, to everyone in the congregation, will be an email from me with a Google Doc link. And you can just click that and you can see all of the opportunities to support and volunteer your time for Celebrate Recovery. Now, for some people, if you're totally uncomfortable walking with people at any level, 
if you're totally an introvert and you just want to come and say, I'd be willing to come and prepare food. I'd be willing to come and, and do some things that need to be done. There's, there's those opportunities. But if your heart is, as Jeff described, for people, if you feel a bit of angst every time we talk about the Great Commission, you think, you know, I really, when was the last time I shared the good news with someone? Really shared. Not just depend on the preacher to do it. Not depend on somebody else. But when was the last time I shared my heart of what God's done for me through Christ Jesus? Celebrate recovery. I can't think of a more perfect opportunity. So you'll have that opportunity to sign up, and we pray that you'll fill it out. If you're not a Google Docker and, and you're not, you know, technology's not in your flavor, that very same sign-up list is at the activity corner. Do you understand I have given you no out here? Our goal is to love people. I, I think that was one of the commands, if I remember correctly. I, I want you to prayerfully consider before you delete that email where you are with that. And what God might be calling you to do. Now, some of you might be sitting there going, I don't, man, I, if, I get, if I sign up, then I'll be volunteered forever. No. No, we're asking you to sign up for one month. We're asking you to come and be a part for one month. Now, if God will take that little thing and do a big thing with it, hey, I, you know, that's God. <laughs> but I'm just asking you to consider it. And prayerfully think about who you might minister to and reach with the gospel. Can I ask you a very appropriate July question? How do you do Christmas lights? Um, I, I sort of ask that because I think there's kind of three different levels of doing Christmas lights. First is the, um, the Scrooge. You know, your, th- your thought about Christmas lights in any form or fashion is bah humbug. Don't like it. Don't want any part of it. Uh, when you drive by uh, on December 24th or 25th, your home, it will be as dark as your heart. <laughs> okay, it could be that level right there, okay? Uh, the second level is what I call the Tiny Tim level, okay? It's the... Eh, I got some Christmas lights. Eh, I'm not going to add any more. I'll put up a few, but I'm not going to go. I'm not really going to go out of my way for it. I'm just going to put up the bare minimum. I love the Christmas lights. You'll see an extravagant display. And right next door is the neighbor with the arrow pointing ditto. (laughs) It's a person that's like, I like Christmas lights, but uh, not that much. I'm not going to get too excited about it. I'm... I'm going to put forth minimal effort to be overwhelmingly average. And then there's some of you in here. And I'm probably thinking about Ryan Woodard, and I'm pretty sure Pam Dossie, that, that they are thinking about Christmas lights right now. They're, they are wrapped up in their head. It is Tinseltown all the time. I mean, they are just celebrating They've got snow, they've got lights, they've got gifts. Um, all of it is just, they're just a constant mood of festivity. Uh, I call these people the Clark W. Griswold of Christmas lights. They start preparing in August. They, they've got the animatronics. They've got the personal uh, FM frequencies so you can listen to music as you go by. Um, 
If you're going to do it, you're going to do it big. We're going to do it right. I want you to ask yourself in terms of your light, the light which Christ shines in you. What kind of person are you? How do you let your light shine? Are you a Scrooge? You just say, I just want the light from me. I, 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 just, I just want the light from me. I struggle whether to share this with you or not, but I will. I was, sharing, I was talking with Elaine. We were talking about the, the CR things, and, and she, said, she said, Toby, we have had over 100 Northsiders go through step study. And she said, most of those go to step study. They learn the steps. They learn the scriptures. They, they, they get the light for themselves. And we don't see them after that. It, it, can I kindly step on your toes? Because that's sort of my job. If you're in that category, I'd really like to encourage you to not just have the light for yourself, to consider using that light, to take your towel and to serve other people who need it. I'm not sure if, if you're a tiny Tim who just kind of come, you do your hour on Sunday and you feel like that's good. You feel like that's just all I need to do. Or if you are a Clark Griswold, you just put, pour everything you have into it to make it the biggest and brightest powerful display. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is our key scripture. It's a well-known scripture. Beginning in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this to his disciples. You are the light of the world. A town on a hill or a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. We shine to reflect him. That, that as his light shines, he being the light we talked about last week, and it shines within us there's an opportunity for that light to show and to shine using your voice, using your personality, using your talents, using your abilities. You let your light shine. You probably have a drawer like this in your home. I have one of these drawers. How many of you have the flashlight drawer? It's just this. It might be flashlights, pens, crayons. Just It's kind of the junk drawer. But whenever the power goes out... Whenever all of a sudden everything goes dark, I mean, there's a mad rush to the flashlight drawer. Okay? And and I have one. This particular one's like from Scott Harris. Okay, it's a bright one. It is absolutely powerful, and I know that it's ready to go. But you got those other flashlights, the little cheap dollar ones, and you know, I mean, it's just it's just a game. Is it going to light up when I need it? At the moment when the light goes out. Will I have it? If God thinks of our world as the power's gone out, the light's gone out, how does he see your light? Does he see it as on and ready to go? 
Is it on all the time or just just when other people are watching? It, or is it one of those that's just, I don't know if this one's going to light up or not. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Light is most powerful in the dark when we most need it. Now, there are times when we can look around, read the paper, look on Twitter, watch the news, taking about 30 seconds, and you'll see how dark the world can be. In those moments, as Christians, we can sort of become, well, this world's a pretty dark place. We can begin to curse the darkness. Boy, is it, is it, how much worse is it going to get? How am I just shake our heads and hold our arms like this and just tisk tisk? Maybe God's calling us to something higher, to something better. Maybe God, instead of calling us to curse the darkness, is asking us to shine our light. To let his light that he put, as James read, within our hearts to shine out and reflect. To be the light within the world. But wait a second, isn't Jesus the light? Yes, yes, Um and this is why I, I love this window right behind me. Because this window is a great, great picture of what you and I are called to be. It is his light that shines through us. And as his light shines, the world begins to notice. Do they notice the window? Maybe. But more likely, they notice the light. May we, may we let his light pour through us, the light of Jesus. You look a little confused. Let me, let me share one example with you and for you. His name begins with J. And uh, it's not Jesus. Um, his name is Justin Abraham. Now, I'm, I'm going to need to ask you, This morning, would you stand up if Justin Abraham has ever prayed with you and for you? You see, that's light. That's light shining. And that's good because the majority of that crowd is light, and you all can have a seat. But here's the cool thing. Gets me chills just thinking about it. I stopped a long time ago trying to beat Justin Abraham to the hospital. He's always been there, and usually several hours beforehand. But I was talking to some of the nurses and doctors one time. He came in or I came in. Somehow we got to talking about Justin. Justin is known in the hospitals as a man of the cloth. As clergy. And he could go into any room and they just know, oh, that's that's Justin. You, you let him in. Because he... He doesn't just pray with patience, guys. If he's come upon someone who looks like they're having a rough time, he'll pray with perfect strangers. He'll pray with doctors and nurses. That 
is light. That's light shining into the darkness. You think about what happens in the hospital. When you've been to the hospital, when you have those moments of fear and doubt and anger and loneliness and frustration and where is God? And all of a sudden, there knocks Justin. Now, is Justin God? No. Is Justin Jesus? Not at all. He wouldn't want any of that credit. In fact, he's embarrassed that I did this this morning. I didn't even ask permission. What's going to happen? He's going to pray for me, right? (laughs) This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone. In the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What did it take for Justin to do that? Is it a huge thing? Not to him. It's a simple thing, but but he had to have the courage to do a simple thing and be obedient in it. And that's what caused, or what Jesus calls us to when he calls us to be the light. He doesn't do it for his glory. He does it to glorify his Lord. He is a light not because of who he is, but because of who he lets shine through him. Second point, we shine to remember him. Um, earlier this week... We had some car trouble, and we ended up being, myself and my two children, here at the building. And here at the building during the week is a very different experience if you're not here during the week. It's dark. There's no people. There's no joy. There's no laughter. There's no babies crying. There's no people praying. There's no hugging. All of that has been dispersed into the city. And as we were going through the building, Grace said something that was remarkable to me. She said, I don't really like church without the light. And I said, me either. Church is special people, but what makes you special has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Christ. Turn to 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. Peter writes this. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You see, that's what the church means. The the word church in the Greek is ekklesia, literally meaning the called out, right? You and I are not just reflections of the light. We were those who have been called out of darkness. That's what I love about CR is you can go on, on a Thursday night. You can go to a step study and say, I, here's my story. Here's how I, here's how Jesus called me out of darkness. Whatever, whatever story you have, you have one. You see, we are chosen because we're chosen by him. We are royal because we're 
royal in him. We are holy, not because of ourselves, but because of him. And we are special because we are special to him. It is all about the light. And when we understand his goodness, his light, his glory, we understand how we've been called. So when we shine, we declare the praises of him. Now, Justin's going to keep doing what he's been doing. And every time he does that, he's not doing that so that we'll pile on accolades upon Justin. There are much easier ways to get accolades. He's going to keep doing that to glorify Christ in all that he does. And you can do that whether you work at a machine shop, whether you build websites, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an accountant. You can always, whatever you do, let the light of Christ shine through you. In fact, the only way, in my opinion, to shine our light is to shine his light. I want you to imagine for just a second. Guys, if you'll bring those lights down. A glow stick. Now, this glow stick is um, not active right now. And they had to take the light off of me so that you could see this. I want to encourage you to be like this glow stick. You say, well, the glow stick's not glowing. Well, here's the deal. You all know, if you're older than five, how it works, right? The only way for the glow stick to glow is you have to break it a little. Oh, man, I hope this dollar glow stick works. (laughs) Worst illustration ever. Let's try a backup one. There we go. There we go. The only way in which God first lets the light shine is he has to break you a little. He has to get you to submit your will to the will of Christ. And when you submit to him, when you confess him as Lord, when he breaks you as gently as your Lord will break you, then his light shines through you. And just go ahead and leave him down, guys, because I just want you to remember to be the glow stick as we finish this last verse. What James read, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, for God... Who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light in shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we, we have this treasure. Now imagine the glow stick. Now, I wish I had thought to get 700 glow sticks and give them all to you, but... That wouldn't have been as effective because you're going to light outside. But imagine carrying a glow stick like this. And and you just put it in your pocket and you have it with you. And you just carry it everywhere you go. To to the restaurant with the waiter or waitress that's going to serve you. Uh, Home with your family when you're serving them. As you go to work. As you visit with your neighbor across the fence. As you do those business deals. His light's right there shining in you. And Paul says this, we have this treasure in jars of clay 
so that we might show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, you see a glow stick in my pocket is like that doesn't belong there. His light shining in you, somebody says, that doesn't seem right. And that's to show this, that the all-surpassing power of God comes from Him and not from us. You can bring up the lights now. May you and I, may we be the Clark W. Griswold of our world. May His light shine so brightly in us that the world notices and says something there's something not there's something that doesn't go together and you get the opportunity to say you're exactly right that the light is from God and not from us this morning i want to call you uh if you if you need to be broken if his light has not been pouring through you like it should or if it hasn't been shining at all and you're ready to submit your life to Christ Won't you meet myself or one of the shepherds down front? We'll be happy to help you and pray with you and encourage you. May we all shine his light in a very dark world.